Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Okay, folks, it's good to be with you tonight. Now, tonight's episode is going to be a little shorter than you're used to, but we wanted to go ahead. Uh, we've been traveling this weekend and we wanted to go ahead and get out an episode. And so we just want you to enjoy this episode, but just be aware it's a little bit shorter than you're used to, and we'll be back with one of our regular episodes this next week. All right, tonight we're going to talk about some water sources and water filtration. Now, when we talk about water filtration, we are not talking about salt water. You cannot run salt water through a Life Straw or a Sawyer Mini or a Berkey. Uh, you have to do something different. Uh, the only way that we can do as preppers that we can do saltwater desalinization is with a solar distill or is with a solar is with solar distillation. And we'll explain a little bit about how to build that a little bit later. Let's start at home. You know, there's a lot of good commercial filters out there, and one of the best, one of the ones that we like the most, is a gravity-fed Berkey system. This thing can sit on your counter, looks good, filters about a, a gallon of water at a time. But what about in an SHTF situation and you don't have a Berkey water filter? What can you do, Chris? Well, I think that you could use a gravity-fed bucket style of filtration where you've got layers of gravel, sand, and activated charcoal. What order would you put those elements in a bucket for filtration? I think your sand and your activated charcoal, you're going, your sand's going to be on the bottom, your activated charcoal on part, top of that, and your gravel on top of that to filter out the larger particles of debris. That would be one way that you can do that. Uh, we're going to talk about several ways tonight. Now, one of the things that preppers keep, hikers carry, boaters carry, uh, is good for camping back up. And what would those be? Uh, those would be a life straw or a Sawyer Mini. Yes, those personal portable water filters, and we have them in our bags. Now, what is the end-all, do-all when you don't have a water filter? How do you do that? Well, obviously, the old-fashioned method would be to boil water for a, an amount of time, and I think it's at least three, maybe even as much as five minutes. I've heard some people say ten minutes. Yeah, I kind of like the ten-minute idea, and that way you just kill anything that's in there. And and I've seen, like you, I've seen some things that say one minute, two minute, three minute. Just go with 10 minutes and be safe. It's not worth uh, arguing about that and getting some kind of stomach bug that uh, gives you problems during your SHTF situation. Now, we need to get our, we need to get our water ready to boil. to boil right pre-filter you can use a coffee filter you could use a bandana a piece of cloth some people have used a t-shirt um clean cloth 
dish towel, diaper, uh, any type of thing that will catch some of the larger debris. It may not filter out the color and the mud that's been, you know, diluted through there, but you can at least filter out some of the solids that you don't want to be boiling around in there. Now, one of the ways that you can get filtered water, now you still have to purify it, but one of the ways that you can get clean water is to build or dig a gypsy well or an Indian well. And all that is is a, a foot deep, foot square hole that is dug into the ground near a questionable water source. Put that a foot or more away from that questionable water source and it filters out all of the debris. Yes, but let me remind everyone that even if you're gathering water out of this new source that you have dug, you still want to filter and purify that water. Even if water appears to be clear, even if water is gathered from a running stream, it does not mean that it is completely free of harmful bacteria, microbes, uh, even certain gases in water, certain minerals and heavy minerals as well. So it's a way to get clear water, but you at least need to purify it after that. You can do that by boiling it. You can do it with, um, you can drink through a personal water filter. And I want you to explain to some of our listeners tonight, this may be the first time they've heard of a Sawyer Mini or a Life Straw. Why don't you take a moment and just describe how that works? They're little small devices, and um, you put one end in the water, and you suck on the other end, and it filters out 99.99% of any impurities in the water. Exactly. Some of these will screw on to the top of a water bottle, and I know our son-in-law, when he's camping, he carries a couple of water bottles, and he'll just fill them up out of a creek, attach it to the top of it, and drink out of that. Sometimes he will take it and he will squeeze it through the water filter into the empty bottle and he'll have a bottle of clean water and then he'll fill the other up with dirty water, I say dirty, uh, out of the creek and then drink it as he goes. Now, if you do use something like a gypsy well or Indian well, when you're through with it, fill up the hole. Don't leave that as a man trap or an animal trap. We, we want to be safe. We want to leave things safe for other folks. So if you do this, fill in the hole when you're through with it. Another form of water purification is what he referred to earlier is called solar distillation. And this is especially good if your water source happens to be near uh, an ocean beach, the coast. We spent the last week at the coast, so we were surrounded by salt water. And so solar distillation, just very briefly, I'm just going to kick this off and he'll fill in the details. It's an evaporation technique that separates the water from the contaminants. How is that done, Mark? Well, it, it's simple to do. Uh, you put a piece of plastic elevated 10 or 12 inches above the ground. Some folks will dig a small hole and you put this plastic above the ground and then put a rock in the middle of it and a catch container under it. Like a bucket? Or like a bucket or a glass or, or a cup or whatever. And now this is not a fast process, mm -hmm. but you can, you can purify any type of water in this way. And what you do is you pour the water on the ground around that cup. 
and you allow the sun to evaporate that water, which condenses on the plastic. And since you've got the rock in the middle over the cup, the water runs down and drips. Creates a natural funnel. Exactly, and comes down and drips into the cup. Oh, so like condensation. Right. And then that over time, that those drops get heavy and they'll drip. It's really the only safe way to do salt water or to do pool water. Okay. Pool water has a lot of other chemicals. Now, we can use pool water for flushing or for bathing or whatever else, but we don't need to be using our pool, if at all possible, for a drinking source. But you can use the solar distillation in order to make that water safe to use. So, yes, that's a longer-term solution, and in, in in what I mean by that is, this is going to take time. This may be an all-day, several-day in order to, to uh, gather, collect a goodly amount of water. At least it's cleaner, and it may be where you're not able to boil water right away. And You can use this uh, solar distillation method. We were driving back, and we drove three or 400 miles, and we were talking as we went, and we passed a number of lakes along the way, and so we began to look at some of the reasons that you'd want to be able to to purify water, to be able to make it usable as a drinking source. But why do we talk about the water? I think we talk about water because it's, oddly enough, even among experienced, advanced preppers, it rarely gets the same amount of attention as food storage or firearms and ammo or sheltering. So many of the hard elements like get-home bags and bug-out bags, we don't see as much attention given to water. Well, here's the thing that's about, here's the thing. We fail to realize the value and importance of water above pretty much all of the other things we're storing because I think the science on it states that you can go only about three days without some sort of hydration and on that third day you're done it's not it, it is a life or death and it's pretty much closer to death three days without high, proper hydration you're on your way out and it doesn't take that long to start getting into trouble either. If you go a day and a half with no hydration, it begins to affect your thinking. It begins to affect your decision-making process. And with some of us, it even begins to affect our fine motor skills. Well, also, too, if you're in a high-stress situation, if you are lost in the woods, if there has been a cataclysmic event downtown and people are trying to get home, if you're under stress, you're exerting yourself physically, you're exerting yourself mentally, emotionally. You're using up more energy than you would if you were relaxing at home in an easy chair. So that three days without water may cut it back to two or maybe one and a half. And you're being serious, uh, tr the kind of trouble you can't return from. And, you know, we can't haul enough water along with us. And it would probably, if, if there had been an EMP when we were on the coast, trying to get home, it would probably take us close to a month to have gotten home. Oh, easily so. There's of a vehicle. There's no way we, the two of us could have carried enough for even three or four days in our backpacks. That is the downside of water. Water is a heavy, large volume element that is so vital, so necessary, but at 8.3 pounds per gallon, you carry two or three gallons on you, 
That's a lot of weight. Yeah, but you know, I saw that, and I'm going to order some of this. It's cans of dehydrated water. <laughs> you empty the contents into a into a bucket and add one gallon of water, and it makes a instant water. It rehydrates <laughs> a gallon of water. Yeah, be looking for that on the website. Uh, can water. <laughs> He's pushing our leg, people. Absolutely. Okay. Well, anything else you want to add tonight? Well, I think it's just an important idea for us to take a look at our water storage at home and understand that as good preppers, as good practical preppers, we're not always going to be at home when an emergency strikes. So we do need to think about having that Sawyer Mini or that Life Straw in our uh, everyday carry, uh, our get-home bag, or whatever you can put your hands on when you're at work or at a friend's house or visiting relatives or just out driving around in the country or whatever, you're going to want to be able to think about knowing you can put your hands on a device and maybe a spare water bottle that will at least keep you hydrated through an emergency when you're not at home where all of your gallons and gallons and gallons of water are stored. you got to be thinking about an emergency happening when you're not at home, and water has to be the most important thing you think about first. You know, we we laugh about how much stuff we carry when we travel. We do. It's just the two of us, but you'd think, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, buying a trailer yeah, for I've some seen, of the things we need to carry. I've seen families of four travel with less than we carry <laughs> for the two of us. Absolutely. And, and uh, uh, Krista's always saying we can do without pretty much any of it except from a CPAP. Well, I was thinking CPAP. You know, he tries to scare me sometimes and we'll arrive at some place 300 miles from home. And he'll, went, he'll go, oh, my word, I think I forgot the CPAP. And I'm Googling CPAPs to see where I can buy one tonight because I can't sleep without his CPAP on his face. Best thing ever. Yes, she sleeps much better when I'm wearing a CPAP. But here's part of the point of why I say that. Yes, we carry too much stuff. But if the big one were to happen and we're some distance from home, a lot of that stuff that we carry is going to help us be able to get back home or to be able to get to family members or to be able to survive as long as we possibly can. Yes. It's just something to think about. We pack like preppers. Pack like preppers. And if you don't have it with you, it's no good to you. So That's right. stop and think about what you carry with you every day, what you carry. And, and we even carry uh, our go bags, what some folks call a get-home bag. They have water filtration in them. So even if it's a normal day and we're at work or something like that and something were to happen and we had to try to make our way home, it's there with us. It only takes a moment to move that bag from vehicle to vehicle. So get used to carrying those things with you that would help you get home. Now, you can't carry everything. You're not going to carry a four-person tent everywhere you go. We're not going to carry our propane stove with us everywhere we go. But we can build a fire, heat something up if we need to, cook something over that open fire, any number of methods. But... Think through the things that you need to carry with you and take those with you so that you can be safe. Because as Krista says, stuff happens. Stay prepared. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. 
Email at info at practicalprepping.info, and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.